Hey y'all, welcome back. You land on the 3% podcast. Thank you so much for joining. If you liked their previous podcast episodes, please like them, subscribe on YouTube, follow us on Instagram, leave a comment, let us know what you liked, what you didn't like, what you want to hear more about. Um, if you want to hear anything specific from any of us as individuals, let us know too. Just slide into our DMs. We're very friendly, very open. So I'm Dr. Tasani Watson. I'm Dr. Rochelle Sharkey. Dr. Cortez Lewis. Dr. Addison Fidei. All right. And so today's episode, we're going to be talking about building your dream career. So stay tuned. All right. So in today's episode, we have a special guest. We have Dr. Danielle Richardson, and we are so excited to have her on our podcast. She's an amazing doctor. She works out of LA, California. So anyone who wants to move to Cali, hit her up. She has a great practice called Zach. It's on, what's the street that it's on in LA? Fairfax Avenue. Fairfax Avenue. And she has like one of the coolest streets in LA. So definitely check it out if you're ever in LA. She also runs her own business called Fierce Clarity. It's a holistic wellness business that emphasizes yoga and general holistic wellness. She's talked about that a lot. And just being optometrist and how she created the perfect career for her. She really crafted her path and we really want to learn more about it. So Dr. Richardson, if you could please introduce yourself to the audience, I'm sure they would love to hear more about your journey. Well, firstly, thank you all for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Um, I am Dr. Danielle Richardson. I am a 2015 graduate of IU School of Optometry. I'm originally from Indianapolis, Indiana, and I went to IU for undergrad as well. Um, after I graduated from optometry school, I took a little bit of a nonlinear path. So I was in New York first. That's where I began my career. And then I lived in Houston and practiced there for a few years. And then I came out here to California. So through those three states and multiple jobs and multiple iterations of things, I got better and better and better and better at refining what I wanted to do. And that experience is what led me to where I am today. So I'm so excited to be here and talk to you all a little bit more about all of that. Can you tell us about like how you decided to transfer from like New York to Houston, to Texas and to LA? Like, how did you just like, oh, I'm going to up and move to different states. Like what made you decide to do that? I mean, a boy, duh, what makes everybody do that? Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I did coming. not see that coming. I did not see that coming. Plot twist. No, honestly, I really feel like God's plan, you know, is just my journey. And that guy, we don't even date anymore, but he got me to LA, which never in a million years would I have ever thought about being in LA. Um, when I was in optometry school, I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana. I went to IU school. About, I mean, I went to IU for undergrad. Yeah. Um, and then after four additional years in rural Indiana, I was like, get me the heck out of here. I'm moving to New York. I'm on the first thing. And so I was really focused more on the East Coast. I never, yeah. ever thought about the West Coast. <laughs> so um, I'm from New York. Uh, me and him moved to Houston together. And he was working for Uber uh, like back in when it was more of a startup. And um, then he moved to Uber Eats and we moved out here to LA together. And so really that was what kind of brought me around the country, okay. but um, it was just kind of like my path in, in so many ways because all of that different experience helped me learn so much in, in a much shorter amount of time. That's definitely really cool. Okay, go ahead, Rochelle, it's your turn. Oh. <laughs> now I was gonna say like, as far as just the brand, 
fierce clarity where did that even start like what what got you into yoga and in general and then just kind of building that brand um as well so what got me into yoga was the stress of optometry school as you all know (laughs) right really uh interesting (laughs) experience to undertake and I mean I had digestive problems stress I mean I had so many problems going on in my body and my doctor was like look it's just stress so um you know why don't you try yoga and I did so I went to yoga my first well I had gone to yoga classes just you know here and there but I went to my very first like true yoga class for stress reduction I'm in in the fall of my fourth year of optometry school and I kind of dibbled and dabbled all throughout my fourth year as I went from Indiana um, then I was in New York for one of my rotations and then I was in DC. And so through that path, I decided I, when I graduated, I wanted to go on a graduation trip to Bali by myself to practice yoga and to just um, heal and do like a wellness retreat, like get massages, just relax. You know, I don't know how 25 year old me just knew to do that, but <laughs> so I went to Bali for a month by myself after graduation and all of my illnesses cleared up. I mean, wow. I felt amazing. I lost like 15 pounds in like three weeks. It was crazy. Just like the transformation that I witnessed and I wasn't doing like hard yoga. I was really doing like very, very relaxing yoga. I was walking every day, eating really healthy, journaling, like just really taking care of myself. And through that healing process, I realized like, wow, all of this stuff that I'm doing right now, I could really be doing back home. It's just, I didn't know to, that I needed to focus kind of on a more holistic approach to treating, my, mm-hmm. treating myself. So um, that's what really igni- ignited my interest in holistic healing. Because when I got back, obviously I came right back into my normal life. So I gained the weight back. Everything came back in it all. <laughs> No, yeah. it, I, I, still, I still see those ads popping up. Well, now, girl, so we've, we've been working on it. Now. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so that's kind of what's got me started with yoga. And so when I was in Bali, it really, when I was in Bali, my intention was that I wanted to create more abundance, balance, and clarity in my life. And that's just what I kind of kept repeating to myself over and over. And so I knew that while I was there, I was like, this is what I want to do for my life. But at the time I still was like really about optometry. So, um, clarity were like that word kind of stuck with me from my trip to Bali. So, uh, my first, uh, one of my first jobs, I had a sublease at a Sears optical in Houston, Texas, and, um, I named it clarity. I group, and that's kind of where that clarity came from, which I'm an independent icon. I'm an independent contractor. So I'm still paid under clarity I group technically so um, that's where the name sort of came from and then as I was thinking about a holistic wellness business um, you know I was working with a coach and she really suggested keeping clarity because it was such a strong word and it obviously was so integrated within my life and then we added Mm -hmm. to it which is how we kind of came up with that um, you know those two words together but the brand itself uh, evolved. So when I started Fierce Clarity, the intention was to be a holistic wellness retreat company to sort of produce that Bali experience like I had for other busy professional women. And then with time, obviously the brand evolved, the business model evolved and it's all kind of changed. But really the genesis of it comes from that Bali experience when my primary focus was more abundance, balance and clarity in my own life. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, I know you were hitting on like how you had all this stress in school 
Now, I know we just had an episode. I want to hear about your experience in school because were, were you the only Black student in your class? Did you I wasn't, actually. I was, um, there were five of us, believe it or not. It was like a unicorn experience, but there were five Black girls in my class. Oh, and nice. Okay. two, like, ahead of us and then one behind us. So we actually had a lot of Black students, uh, a lot. <laughs> I mean, that, that is a lot for a school, though. It's yeah, a I mean, it was quite a bit. So I actually was really fortunate in that regard that we did have, you know, more than I think had probably ever been there at the same time. That's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want to touch on, well, first of all, yeah, I, I think you're doing amazing. You know, when I saw your page, it's probably, man, probably last year. And I think we, you know, uh, start following each other on IG. And I said, yo, this page is She's. I'm just scrolling like, yo, this right. this this is crazy. She she lived a dream, and I and I think I was laughing <laughs> by the fact that, um, man, you were just you was just doing it, you know, and you out here in, in Cali, you know, in L.A. and you know, it's funny because I'll be in L.A. Uh, my wife and I will be there in about two weeks, and we'll be there. And, uh, when I'm up. when I'm there, like when we're there, I'm gonna definitely try to stop by the practice for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, but I was just like, man, you you killing it, you know what I mean? And I want to touch on that a little bit more on the entrepreneur side of um, your practice. Can you talk mm -hmm. a little bit more about how you're practicing there on like one of the one of the craziest strips in, in L.A. and how that's been that process and kind yeah. of what you gather from that? Absolutely. I mean, um, so again, right, like I really am, I'm a super spiritual person and so I really just believe that you know we all have a purpose and we all have a path and like it will unfold in front of you and so um, mm -hmm. when I moved here you know it's like it, you co-created right you definitely work within it but I couldn't have imagined this where I am now so when I first moved to LA thankfully I had been connected with Terrence from um, of the Vision Expo and like the Vision Council mm -hmm. And he hosted a CE dinner um, here in LA and it just so happened. Well, he, I came, I flew to LA for the CE dinner. I had already been putting my resumes out and um, I had two, like he introduced me at the meeting. So I kind of, kind of every, all the doctors who were there got to know that I was available for um, employment. And um, I had two choices in terms of like jobs. There was an ophthalmology practice where I would work five days a week. I'd make a lot of money and I wouldn't have to ever work Saturdays. And there was another choice where I could work for another doctor um, who um, owned three really high-end practices and one startup called Zach. But um, in my opinion, it's like, I've never seen an optometrist drive like a matted out Range Rover and like a sick house in the Hollywood Hills. So I was like, huh? Optometrist oh. like that? Okay. I want to learn you. from you. Hey, I need to get so. his number. Can't, you didn't send me yeah, his number. I, I didn't know that I either. Yeah. Yes. Who's already talking about that G-Wagon? So. Yes. So. <laughs> hey, listen, that G-Wagon on the way. Don't worry about right. that. <laughs> wait on it. Just wait on it. But I mean, so for me, um, like to the question about entrepreneurship, so it, it's not my practice. I'm an associate doctor. Um, but, you know, I'll kind of talk about a little bit about more about my role now, because now I'm like the West Coast Director of Clinical Care. But um, I 
you know, for me with any job, it's like, what is this going, what am I going to gain from this? Because I know I am entrepreneurial and I know entrepreneurship is my path. So I'm not going to be here forever. So with each job, I'm always looking at what can I learn and what tools can I gain from this that are going to help me with what I do next. So for me, it was about learning how do you run an optometry practice that is this successful in this type of city. And so um, through that, they had just opened Zach. So I started it working at Zach four weeks after opening. So I was there from the beginning. And then um, it was just a really good fit because the area is like super young. It's Fairfax Avenue, which is like, if you're unfamiliar, it's the streetwear capital of the world. So like Supreme, um, Dope's over there, The Hundreds, Golf, which is part of the creator store, Melody Asani. There's all these like streetwear brands there. Um, so it just was a good fit. Like I was young, I had already established a social media presence. It worked really well together. And so um, I think the real benefit for me with being at a startup that aligned with me is that we can be creative together. So me and the owner, we're, um, we're the same age. So like we really collaborate together. And so she doesn't have any experience as a doctor, but she comes from a startup culture where I come from the doctor experience, but also a business background. So us together, it's been really cool to kind to build this practice and we just expanded into New York so we have our first NYC location that recently opened so Zach is now by coastal officially okay. so that's really cool so as we expand um, my intention is to really take on more of um, a direct uh, a director role of the doctors and kind of help make sure that we are staying consistent with the brand vision and making sure that our clinical care is um, you know just giving it that special Zach touch very nice. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this. We're, we're, we're on the 3% podcast. We talk about being a minority uh, student, and now that's mm -hmm. translated into being a minority uh, professional, right? Mm -hmm. Clinician. Um, how's that transition been as far as when you're in LA, when you're working? Um, how is that? How are your patients with you? You know, how is your experience? Do you notice any uh, little, little tension with you, you know, being, a, you know, a female black doctor. Is there anything you've experienced with that or any stories or any, any drawbacks that you get kind of being in that setting? I felt like the, I got it most when I was in Houston. When I lived, when I was practicing downtown Houston, um, I was primary doctor of the practice there. My patients were mainly like oil and gas executives, lawyers, investment bankers. I got a ton of like, you're the doctor, you're the doctor, you're the doctor. Like that was a pretty common refrain. So I started trying to wear glasses. I wore a white coat. I tried to like, you know, dress in a way that wasn't really me just so I could look more like what they thought a doctor would look like. Um, but here in LA, believe it or not, I'm the only black optometrist, which is crazy to think about, but in all, in all, in all of LA, in all of Los Angeles, it's just me. Wow. So, um, it actually brings a ton of people in. Um, I was, yes. you know, on the news a couple of weeks ago, and I don't know what they're doing with that segment, but they must just be replaying it because I keep getting a lot of older black patients coming in. Like we saw you on the news right. and we went in an optometrist but um so it's been really good in that way like it's attractive because I am the only one mm -hmm. in terms of like other experiences thankfully I live in like a liberal bubble you know mm -hmm. so my patients yeah. absolutely no issue at all with me being black they actually think you know they're seeking me out because I look cooler than the other doctors who are on ZocDoc or whatever they're you know looking up online mm -hmm. so 
thankfully here, I haven't really had to experience it. But when I was in Houston, and I think part of it, I was younger too back then. Um, but I did get a, a ton of like, are you the doctor? How long is optometry school? When did you graduate? I got a lot more of those type of comments back then. Right. Right, right. That's dope, man. That's dope. Can you speak to what you do on the other two days when you're not working? I know you're working in the practice three days a week, but how do you spend the other two days between working on First Clarity, consulting with optometry companies? Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, so I like to say I have three jobs. So I have um, you know, West Coast Director of Clinical Care at Zach. So that's like my patient care role. That's our business, expanding Zach, all of that. Then I am an optometric consultant. So I'm a paid consultant for Johnson & Johnson. I also work closely with VSP, Transition, some other optical companies. Um, and then I do, I run Fierce Clarity. So um, like, I'll give you a prime example. Let me run you down my schedule today. I, it's 6 a.m. I taught a class for Johnson & Johnson. And then I did a little bit of work. I had a meeting at 11 for VSP. And then I had a lunch meeting with um, a potential client and then a corporate client because fierce clarity we teach corporate yoga classes and then at two o'clock i had a zoom with my manufacturer i'm manufacturing activewear that's going to drop this summer so we had to talk about that and then i taught a yoga class at 5 30 and then i'm doing this podcast and then i meet with my um, interns in an hour to talk about fierce clarity stuff so what i do on the other days is just all of it wow. kind of, kind of a boss. She is. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, it's busy, but you know, no grind, no shine. I just feel like I created this for myself. This is what I wanted. And, and this is how I did it just by kind of doing it and just, you know, put your head down, do the work. So it's busy. I'm not really relaxing on those off days, but the beauty of it is like, if one day I just don't really feel well, I can typically, you know, I just might have a couple of meetings, but otherwise I can shift things around. So one of the things I really wanted to create for myself was flexibility and I wanted complete autonomy over my schedule, right? I wanted to be a doctor because I wanted to have autonomy over my schedule. Now, little did I, I didn't think about that because like you're, you don't have any control of your schedule. It's literally like you got you know, your patients are scheduled and you, unless you own the practice, you don't get any say in what time those patients are coming in or how long mm -hmm. their exams are or, or any of that. So yeah. um, what I do on the other days is, um, you know, all of the above, but I really, really have, I found that at this point in my career, three days a week in clinic is the sweet spot because I need those other days to meet, to be off, to teach yoga classes, to do photo shoots or whatever, whatever comes up, I need the availability. So I do a mm -hmm. lot of meetings. I do a lot of work, a lot of driving around LA, but that's kind of how I spend my time on those other days where I'm off. Got it. Got it. Got it. Hey, so you're taking notes, man. You're taking notes. <laughs> listen, I'm taking notes, man. Look, right. actually, listen, you know, the thing about it is, you know, it, it's funny because I mean, two things. One, I mean, like I said, I, you know, it, you live up to the hype, you know what I mean? Of what I don't even know you, but mm -hmm. I knew, I was like, man, you're just killing it. Mm -hmm. And just hearing what you're saying and all the things that you're involved in and all the good stuff that you're doing, it's just a testament to the second, my second point, which is really just going after what it is that you really want. Yeah. You're not limiting yourself or boxing yourself in one category and saying that I have to do this or because I'm in this profession, I can only practice this way. 
but you, you know, and that always, that always felt really limiting to me. I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. Like when I was in optometry school, I really didn't feel like I could be an optometrist. And even, you know, I was just on a call the other day and somebody actually made a comment. We were talking about like, um, a brand, we were talking about like TikTok or something. And the person goes, mm -hmm. it's really unprofessional for doctors to be in white coats dancing on TikTok. And I'm like, unprofessional mm -hmm. to you, but mm -hmm. not, right. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's not unprofessional. And I'm like, and then I kind of, it, it really just brought me back to this idea, this very, very narrow idea that so many people in the optometric world have of professionalism and what an optometrist is and what it looks like and how it has to be. And it just never was me and it never fit. So for so long, I felt like, well, I'm not going to be an optometrist. Let me just focus on teaching yoga or doing whatever and build this business so I don't mm -hmm. have to be an optometrist anymore. But really what I have learned through this whole process and also like maturation is just like, no, F that like I don't have to subscribe to your concept of what you think is professional like that's yep. not I don't have to do that I can do whatever I want this is my career this is my life yeah. if you don't like it you stay over there and I'm gonna do me over here and so I mean yeah. I really really um you know have grown into that and grown into like being able to stand into both things and like I am an optometrist this is what I look like this is how I am and I think it's been really liberating because as a student I didn't feel like I had that option I felt like I had to you know you know I would wear lipstick to class and my teachers would be like why are you wearing lipstick and it's like why are you in my business and I just didn't like I just I just didn't feel like I fit and now what I the part of the reason I feel an obligation to the profession is just for like girls like myself it's like you don't have to listen to what your teachers mm -hmm. in rural Indiana are telling you about what an optometrist is or what an optometrist yeah. should be or look like yeah. you can be yourself because there is yeah. room in this profession because there is somebody who wants to have you as their doctor that's so powerful. That's exactly why yeah. we started this podcast. That's exactly why <laughs> that's so powerful. Because you're more relatable at the end of the day, too. Like, you know, having having someone that looks like you or, you know, gives you that different personality of what you would expect the doctor to be. Mm -hmm. It's like, <laughs> no, you, you weren't able to see that before. So, you know, having outlets like TikTok or you know, Instagram, all these different outlets that these platforms that you can build upon, get your face out there. I mean, we're not, we're, we're definitely not on the level of fierce clarity, but I know, I know Sola think he's a little social media influencer on the side. Oh, I mean, he, he be battling. He, I mean, he is We have our little battles, but no, we definitely, no. we're not. We are definitely not on your level, but we definitely appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny that y'all bring that up because you know back in the day you know back in the day docs wouldn't even really allow to have social media for real yeah, you know yeah. like even till today i know docs who are like oh no i don't, I don't get on social media because of that balance so they couldn't find that balance so i think it's cool now that we as like kind of i guess millennial docs uh, mm -hmm. we're kind of the narrative of so many different able to display so many sides of our personalities now and be versatile and what we can actually bring people because Absolutely. the reason why I like because you were bringing like this holistic wellness right mm -hmm. on top of the fact that you're bringing in uh, that you're an OD and you're doing this you're doing that and you you know incorporated so many things so when somebody comes to your page they're getting a, an array of exactly. uh, things that they can tap into and that's that's super super important and kind of like you said to your point that there's going to be young women that are going to be looking 
that, that look just like you and they're gonna be looking up to you and what you're doing and you're gonna serve as an inspiration because they're like, man, look at how she, like she's, she's like really kind of living a life that really, if you really, really want to be honest about it, we all really want to be at that position. You know, we don't want to yeah. be at a place where we live in, in, in LA, you know, we live in that dream and we <laughs> out here booked and busy, you know what I mean? It's like, it's a path, right? Like when I was out of school, my first year out of school, I was working six days a week. You know, I had a commute mm -hmm. an hour each way. I mean, I was seeing 25, 30 patients a day. I was miserable. I was listening to Joel Osteen in the car, trying to not kill people. Right. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, it was, it was tough and it was really, I was upset i was so negative i was i hated it so badly i was reading all these personal you know development books all these self-help books doing all this stuff and you know it just got to a point where it's like you know i had some personal changes in my life and my dad was just kind of like he was the one who's like just quit you know it's a mm. job it ain't that deep like you can get another job yeah. And, you know, it, it just took me a long time to get to that point. Cause I feel like, especially when you're younger, you have so much fear, like, but this is paying so well. And what about my student loans and what, you know, you have so much fear, but I mean, I just was like, there's gotta be more to life than this. And I'm what, 26, 27, I can't do this for, an I can't do it for another year, let alone another 15, 25, 30 years. And so I think you have to um, understand that when you feel that discomfort or when you feel that irritation, like, you can create something different from for yourself right like i went from that to this and obviously it's a stepwise process but it was also super intentional because i was so miserable but you have to take that energy and instead of focusing on what you don't want you have to focus on what you do want and that is how you kind of get from a to b can you talk about the transition of moving into uh like being a consultant for johnson johnson and how mm -hmm. did you even get those opportunities right. it's time to time to, to sign to take your nose boy she's the sign that you think you slip i'm not alarmed i'm not alarmed i'm not alarmed i'm not if i want to know other hey. people want to know so yeah. i'm asking yeah. questions hey listen questions. i want to know too you know what i mean put you know me i'm on. the hey, one look, forget them I'm the one no, no, no. Like, forget, like nah yeah. forget them put me on like, I do the I do like the J and J interviews at Seco, but I want to know the people yeah. want to know. I want to know. Um, actually, I mean, honestly, networking is a huge part yeah. of it. Like, I think a lot of times people. So, I mean, like networking's huge like I remember yeah. when I was in Houston I was reading Envision magazine I saw like Daryl Glover and Jen Lyer yep. and Ari yep. and I was reading these articles and they were talking about social media I was like and I had already like built fierce clarity at the time maybe like back then maybe I have like um you know I have like I have 10k followers back then so I was like I can do this I can talk about this stuff I can do this too you know I kind of felt like that type of energy and so um, I just started, you know, I had already liked going to the conferences, but I started going to the conferences. I started like networking with people. I started getting to know the people I was following on Instagram. You know, I started connecting with them in, in real life. And I also started to connect with, um, you know, industry people too, who are at these meetings. So like really going to the meetings, right? I was going to Vision Expo East and West every year. I was going to um, CE sponsored like dinners in my cities and just kind of like being really active and being really like uh, present in the profession. And also um, asking, right? Like that's my whole thing, right? You have not because you ask not and a closed mouth does not get fed. And that is just something I live and die by. And so it's yeah. like, I want to do this. Hi, I, this is what I'm interested in. This is what I'd like to yeah. do what I want to do 
I went to John. So all of the companies have those, um, those, um, you know, those day events where you can sign up and go and like, they'll give you a tour and like, you yeah. Know, the the thing so I went to Johnson and Johnson's of that and I like talked to them and and they had us do some like on camera stuff and they're like wow you're really good at this I'm like thanks I would love to do more of it you know like that's Mm -hmm. the kind of person I am and so um by going and networking number one at the meetings but number two actually going to the companies and like taking them up on that offer to fly you out and come to the headquarters and see what's going on and then actually connect with the people, the, the, you know, professional development people that all of the people that make those decisions are there at those, um, at those events in those days. So networking is really how I kind of made those contacts and introductions. And then when I'm in front of people, I tell them what I'm looking for, you know, like, oh, I would love to do this. Like, this is definitely something that I would like to do more of. Like, you know, can I get your email? Can I, you know, if you're, if there's any opportunity, can you, you know, make, I want to just send you my resume. So that way you can have it. It's definitely taking a lot of initiative to kind of put myself out there because um, I think a lot of a a big misconception about many opportunities is or that they're going to come to you and like they really won't like you have to really put yourself in people's face so that way you're top Mm -hmm. of mind and then they'll ask you but like if they're they're not doing research to find anyone you know they kind of just the they just kind of think about who is in the network and who they know so building relationships by networking and also being intentional and, and knowing what you want and, and asking for it or just making those contacts and being like, I'd love to send you my resume. So if anything comes up and you think of me, um, mm-hmm. you can have it on hand. Definitely. Very helpful. Very helpful. Very helpful. We definitely talked about one of our other podcasts, like your network is your net worth. Like if you don't network, you you have nothing. Like yeah, that's and I'm, so, it's, it's so valuable too. It's an investment. It's so valuable. It's kind of yeah. expensive to go to all those meetings and stuff. And I was it is. Mm-hmm. but it's an investment. So you just got to kind of look at it that way. Right. No, I definitely, I mean, I definitely looking at, definitely looking at your merch here, I think what you're saying about ask, believe, receive, because a closed mouth does not get fed. So it's, we all yeah. know. It's true. I mean, that's the genesis of where it all comes from, right? Like, how have I gotten from A to B? Like, I have really, like, manifested this, you know? I mean, I've gotten really clear. I, I ask, like, what do I want? What is going to what is gonna make me happy? What do I need from this situation? And then I just work on making it happen, right? When something comes up, like, you know, and it's never going to be super it's never going to be super clear. It's kind of like breadcrumbs, but like, if you hear of something or you think of something like intuitively, you kind of know what, what is for you and, and you know, that I mean, what is for you is for you. So it's going to come, but really just being clear and asking for opportunities from people, but also from, you know, above and just, just, just using that and constantly knowing that, okay, this or something better, right? Like it's going to keep getting better and just allowing that process to unfold. So where can we find your merch, by the way? Here's clarity.shop. They are checking out. So make sure you guys get this merch, okay? (laughs) Stay tuned because summer 2021, we got a fire drop coming up. We got something for the ladies, something for the fellas. We're going to keep y'all healthy and fly this summer. I'm so excited. No, that's going to be awesome. I know we're going to wrap up soon. I know you have another meeting after this, but do you guys have any last questions to ask Dr. Richardson before we wrap up? I do. I mean, since, you know, you in LA and all that, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I gotta ask: Is there gonna be like a real Doctors of Hollywood or something like that? <laughs> you work? Are you in the work? Are you in the works to for, to see you on the big screen? That's you know, what I need to know. Honestly, 
I do think I'm going to end up on television just because of who my patients are. Um, many of them are producers. Many of them work in television. Um, I always think of this one. She's like the sweet, she was actually in She's Gotta Have It. She's like this super quirky old black woman, like with these hats. She works for BET and she's like rings on every finger. And she's like, you belong on television. And she's always like, we're going to get you there. And I'm just like, okay, you know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's not something I think about, but like I'm a character and I've somehow landed in Los Angeles. And so I do think that yeah. like ultimately, um, that's probably a part. Of, and also I like, this is something I keep saying to people because again, right. I'm, even though I've gotten here, right. There's still more to go. Like one thing I know is I don't want to be in patient care forever because I have realized I actually like talking to a lot of people. I don't like so much talking to one person. So I would rather talk to like groups of doctors or groups of students or group. Like I just would prefer talking to groups than I would talking to one person. So just understanding that about my communication style has led me to think that actually like media tell, like maybe those things really are more in alignment with what like really makes me the happy and what what I feel like how I can be of service so I mean hey maybe one day if they cut a check big enough okay oh my god I could see it though I could definitely see it I could always see it being a TV personality or um, yeah I would sure. never think that you know I, I have a lot of judgment against you know I have a lot of judgment against that but it's like girl the reality of the situation is it's just kind of the way it's shaking up who my patients are just, and I mean, it's like, I'm the only black optometrist, doctor teaching yoga. It's so weird and like one of one. That yeah, mm -hmm. you're, you're definitely a unicorn, but in a good way, in the best of ways. I, yeah, I, mean, I think that there has been real freedom in um, accepting like all of myself, right? I think for so long, I tried to keep these parts, kind of like to your point, right? About the doctor who feels like they can't be on social media. Like when I made Fierce Clarity, I like never said anything about optometry. Like I never talked about it. When I was with my patients, I never talked about yoga. I kind of kept these things super separate. And then maybe like three years into um, having both things, I was just kind of like started to kind of integrate them more and more and more. And so now here I am, I'm out of school for six years. And it's like a part of all of my professional bios. I mean, I, I taught a yoga class for Johnson and Johnson this morning and it's like, what? I would have never expected something like that. But um, I think that just speaks to the power of like, you know, standing in who you are. And if you're interested in something like you can pursue it. So it's like, if you like comedy or this or that or whatever, it's like your passions, like it's okay for us to be multi-passionate human beings. It's okay for us to be more than just doctors. And also just understanding that that's what people, that's the, the that's where that world is headed, right? Authenticity and relatability and actual genuine connection. So it's like, yes, we are doctors, but um, we are people too. And, and our patients will want to see who we are they want to know what we're into or what we're up to and it's like yep. if you think about like that older doctor who's not on social media right and us as millennials what we're doing what about the next generation of doctors what are they going to be like you know they're going to be doing yeah. something complete yeah. like their experience is going to be completely different. So I think mm -hmm. that now is a really beautiful time because we do have the option to kind of show as much of ourselves or as little of ourselves as we want. And we really do have the freedom to create the career or the life that we want to live. Thank you so much. Like all of your advice has been amazing. I'm sure our audience is going to love everything mm -hmm. you've talked about. Like hey, this is free jewelry, free game right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
You dropping a lot of gems. And I mean, I'm here to be a resource. Like if, you know, whoever yeah. is listening, if you have any questions, like just send me a message. I, I really am here to be a resource. I didn't get here on my own and I want to always help. And I'm always more than happy to share what I've learned or my experience and um, help you get where you're trying to go. Because I know we all can be in jobs we don't like. We can all feel stuck mm -hmm. in situations we don't like. But I just always want to empower people to know that you can create a different reality for yourself. Yeah, you can create the life that you want. You can create Absolutely. your own career path. Like Absolutely. It takes time. It takes hard work. It takes getting up at 6 a.m. It takes all of that. <laughs> but my goal, my thought is that in five years, so when I'm 10 years out of school, I hope that yeah. I can look back. I always say, um, when I started Fierce Clarity, a quote that really inspired me is by Tony Robbins. He said, most people overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in a decade. So um, when I started Fierce Clarity, mm -hmm. I'm going to give it 10 years because I don't want to be one of these people who's quitting, like, you know, that um, cartoon of the person like digging for gold and they stop right before they get to it. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Like if you, you know, if you actually give it time to grow, to develop, to breathe, um, you know, who knows what you can create so my hope is that in 10 years you know or five years from now when I'm looking back at it all that I will have really created the life that I that I want to be living so give yourself time it's it's a marathon not a sprint and just you know enjoy the process yeah those words I think that's a wrap y'all thank you so much enjoy the process if you like what you listen to so far please like this video leave a comment follow Dr. Richardson, buy some merchandise. If anything, just believe in yourself, really trust the process and don't doubt yourself because if you doubt yourself, you'll set yourself up for failure. If you believe in yourself and take yourself one step at a time, you'll get to where you're going. Just be patient and it'll all work out. Thank you so much and we'll see you in our next episode. Bye y'all. Bye. Bye.